Welcome everyone to the third episode of the D Suite. And in today's show, we will focus on the theme of executive presence and getting a seat at the executive table. We'll start off by talking about personal branding and why that is especially important at the moment. Then we will speak with Gartner's analyst, Sarah James, on what she sees as the key movements for moving from tech to exec. And then our external guest will be Troy Carmichael, the Chief Data and Analytics Officer at Renaissance Technology, on his learnings from leading data management teams to being a key influencer for driving business impact. And the topic of branding is very much top of mind at the moment, not just because of the about-face branding ongoings at Twitter or X or the company formerly known as Twitter, but for data and analytics leaders as we continue to get questions from our clients on non-tech topics like influencing stakeholders, articulating value, communicating, presence, and yes, branding, personal branding. You as a leader, as the go-to strategic technology thought leader for data, analytics, and AI in your organization, who knows how to impact the business and get stuff done. Um, And this has been accelerated as the rush to implementing generative AI has led to a bit of a vacuum when it comes to AI leadership and responsibility. We find heads of AI that are in the lines of business, that are in IT, that are in data and analytics, and sometimes they're even the CEOs themselves. But as a data and analytics leader, it is a great natural fit for this position. But sometimes data analytics are overlooked because of not building their own personal brand as a business leader. So offers, why is building a personal brand important? And firstly, what do we mean by this? Great question, Rita. And there are many interpretations of what a personal brand is or should be. But here's an easy way to think of it. If you asked 10 of your colleagues to describe you in three words, what would they say? Now, Risa, for you, that might be strategic insight engine because you have such insightful advice to give on any topic and are always working hard to share with others. That's so nice of you. And for you, Alfred, that might be resident professor. That's two words. And that's because you can explain even the newest, most complex technical concepts in a way that everyone can understand. Thank you. So now thinking of of what others think of you might be scary for most people, but what we're getting at here is the concept of being associated with what you are associated with something and being remembered for it. Is it for being the super techie who can explain every aspect of how systems operate, the empathetic leader who always makes time available for team members, or the dependable manager who always gets things delivered on time? Now, obviously, there is no right answer to what your brand should be, and it does need to stay authentic to yourself, but you need to raise your executive presence and go beyond the typical technical leader stereotypes. Yes, that's right, Afras. Being and staying authentic to yourself is so important, but also you have to be relevant to the enterprise and not just the enterprise broadly, but to the needs of the enterprise that it has at any one moment in time. So going back to the AI leadership example, what are the credentials that you've built up over time and also the behaviors uh, that mean that you can be trusted and put in charge of a critical area of work like AI? Um, Now, these behaviors don't just appear overnight. They're built up over long periods and they don't just appear randomly. So whether that be the way you conduct yourself in meetings or having one-on-one conversations to just your attitude, 
to how you go about your work. They all have a bearing on whether you can influence those around you to do the things you want them to do. Um, and one of the biggest factors of all of these uh, things is being able to communicate, to tell the story of what you're doing and also why you're doing it in a way that resonates with your audience. So for business leaders and peers, that means making them the heroes in your value story. You know, how your efforts help them achieve their organizations and their personal success, how they achieve their KPIs, what you do, what, how what you do helps them get their bonus at the end of the year. Net-net, it means the CDAO's role and mission has to be a critical business enabler rather than just an internal support function. And that, that may be daunting for many people. So in the next segments, we'll be talking more about what it takes to get that brand working for you. But in the short-term offers, what are the steps our leaders can take? Yes. So firstly, I think, think about where you are at the moment. How are you perceived? And yes, that does mean asking others for feedback from above and below your position. Then define what you want your brand to be and what are your ambitions? Is it to be a better leader, to get a promotion, a seat at the table, or even simply to resolve conflicts? And then finally, start to describe what behaviors you can start, stop, or change to reach your goal and align those to your aspiration. Then reassess after a few weeks and see if any changes have been made. And of course, we have a wealth of resources and experts who are specialists in helping you develop your own personal brand. And in fact, many aspiring and existing CDAOs come to us and almost use us as a personal coach. So if you haven't done so already, reach out to us today. So personal branding is a very important aspect and something which aspiring leaders definitely need to work on. But there are also many others. Now, to go into more detail on this, I'm very pleased to welcome Sarah James, one of our experts at Gartner, on making this transition from tech to exec. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Welcome to the D-Suite, Sarah. So tell us why it's so important for CDAOs and aspiring CDAOs to lean into the transition from technical or operational manager to elite executive leader. Okay. Uh, The CDAO role is exciting and challenging, and also it can be tricky to get right. The primary accountability of the role is to lead the organization forward in its data journey. And as an executive leader, you have responsibility for the success of the organization in its entirety, not just a single function. So the CDAO must be concerned with driving value, changing culture, educating, influencing and telling the data story. The key word there, of course, is influence. Now, to be able to influence at the executive level is a very different skill set to the technical focus and skills that may have brought the data leader success so far in their career. According to Gartner's CDAO survey, in 2019, 19% of CDAOs reported directly into the CEO. But by 2023, this had dropped down to 15%, while the percentage that reported into the CIO and CTO has remained static. It's too early to say for certain, but this this could be an early warning sign of stagnating influence of data across the organization, certainly outside of IT. 
At the same time, this year's CDAO survey shows us that CDAOs who take their personal development and personal effectiveness seriously are much more likely to be in the top group, the group of top performing CDAOs than those who don't. We have data on this now. So if you're finding yourself in or heading towards a CDAO role from a very technical background, it's imperative to focus on this augmented set of skills in order to be able to succeed. Uh, I love the way you frame that and spoken about the influencing characteristics that people need to develop and also the investment in personal time, personal development. Can you also now expand a little bit on the differences in terms of the, the technical skill set and the executive skill set and where should a CDO really focus on and drill down into to make that transition? Great question. Thank you. So based on our interactions with hundreds, if not thousands of senior data leaders every year, we see that the gap falls into three key areas. Elite executive leaders are visionary, they're empathetic and they're powerful. So I'll break it down a bit what that means and what that looks like. To be visionary, you must be forward looking and forward thinking. And this needs to be a consistent habit in order to have and hold the vision for data within the organization, but also be cognizant of the direction for data externally at the same time. But it's not enough just to have that vision. You must also be able to communicate it powerfully. And this requires really powerful storytelling techniques in order for us to be able to connect with people across the organization who are not like us, who don't have the same values and drivers that we do, the same expertise, the same knowledge. They may not be data people at all or technical people at all. So this, this is where we get into the skill of empathy, being able to connect with people who across the organization, again, who are not like us. So this might be people who work for us, or it might be frontline data users, or even people we want to bring on the data journey. Crucially, being able to connect with people with different skills, different experience, different values, different expertise is really important. And this is where powerful skills of empathy come into play. You want to be known to be stable and grounded in it in order to be able to create the trust that's necessary to build the relationships and the influence that we need at this level. And finally, we want to create a sense of psychological safety. A CDAO I work with often said to me, there's no point being in a data team and not taking risks. Now, to be able to take risks, you have to be able to fail. And to feel safe to fail is requires this sense of psychological safety. And this is where the powerful empathy skills come in for this role. And finally, we want to be powerful. So being powerful is the ability to make things happen. And it's grown and influenced in many different ways. It, it's First, it comes from being valuable to be able to articulate the value that you bring to, to the organization and the wider world efficiently. You want to be confident in your skills and abilities, which comes from continuous personal development. And you want to be respected. And this comes from building a network of allies across your organization, again, from the executive to the front line to IT and everything in between. But also building a data community can be a really powerful way, a really powerful tool in our arsenal in this. So those skills areas are an excellent framework for the types of capabilities that chief data and analytics officers need to build, building and communicating a forward-looking vision, empathy for diverse individuals, and certainly building the power and influence to get things done. What best practices do you see in these areas that you can share, Sarah? 
Absolutely. So the key here is to commit regular time to your own personal effectiveness and personal development. Show up for yourself by committing 10% of your time. That's half a day a week to this sort of development. And that may take many different forms. So, for example, you might want to think about spending time on the front line of your organization, perhaps listening into calls from the contact center or even going out with people in the field or, or things like this. This will shadowing data consumers. This will really bring to life how your organization runs and in a way that, that just speaking groups never could to actually really experience the pain points they experience every day and the challenges they face to drive value for the organization. We want to map the value levers across your organization. It's important to understand how your organization works end to end. So we want to map the value levers and the pain points across all parts of the organization. Build a network of allies, as I talked about before. This is really key, again, from the executive to the front line and everything in between. And a data community, building and focusing on a data community is also really powerful. Generally, you want to consistently be absorbing thought leading ideas and thought leadership in order to build your own position and build your own thought leadership. Another CDAO that I work with often said, you build these skills over a career and over a lifetime. And I think that's really key. It's a continuous journey. Thanks, Sarah. And that links so nicely with our first segment on investing in your own personal brand. So definitely lots of things to think about. And I'm sure everyone has made their own list of things that they could do from tomorrow to start putting in these character traits into their own personal development. Thank you for your time, Sarah. So now let's turn to someone who has successfully made the transition from tech to exec. For that, we welcome to the D-Suite, Troy Carmichael. He functions as Chief Data and Analytics Officer at Renaissance Technology. Hi, Troy. How are you? Hi, Rita. Hi, Afraz. Nice to, nice to see you all today. Great for you to join the D-Suite. Can you tell us a bit about what you learned on your journey to executive leadership? Hey, that, that's a great question, Rita. I love the idea because the word journey is in that question. And part of it really is that it is a journey. And you need to take joy in the whole process because it's a journey that's never really completed until the very end anyway. So if we're always thinking about some point up in the future and that's when I'll, I'll be happier, that's when I'll take joy. Uh, I think the first part is to realize that it is a journey and you're learning along the way, which means we really have to make peace with who we are because um, we have our own weaknesses and strength and we have to never stop working to grow where we're weak, but we also kind of have to make peace with it. And that drives us to maybe the second thing I really realized is that I had to become comfortable being uncomfortable because as techs and as people, we tend to go where our strengths are and we want to go deep down and find comfort in the tech. But really, when you go to exec, you're really changing from being more, that technical guru to more of a relational person. And with that, it means that the same effort that we were taking towards learning technology, we can, as technical people, do the same things and do that towards our relationships and use that, that commitment to learn something new, but learn it within the relational stuff. Because executives, they want to be able to relate and understand what you're saying. So you have to learn how to tell that technology in the form of a story and analogies so that they can understand the complicated world, it seems complicated to them, but maybe not to us, of that technology. So I'd say take joy 
become comfortable in being uncomfortable and just focus on learning the relational with the same passion that you did the tech. Love that. So yeah, a mentor once told me as well, if you're not comfortable, you're not learning. So you're not growing. So love that. That's right. uh, and Troy, just to follow up on, on that relationship aspect, which you highlighted there, which is obviously really important in terms of the leaders that you're working with to forge relationships with, the, with them, but also the people who you're responsible for, the people in your team. I know that's a particular an area of you that you focus on. So can you tell us a little bit about how you develop those relationships and those people as well? Yes, Afraz, that's a great question. That is that is truly something that I am passionate about is my team. And I think that the way it starts, you have to truly care about people. And one of my realizations is that to truly care about people, it's actually a choice. It's not a feeling. And once you truly care about people and you start seeing what's in their best interest, it's interesting because it actually works in your best interest. So think about this. If you truly care about people, you're going to be helping build them up to become a better version of who they are. But as by doing that, you're now making a way for you to grow in your career. So it's interesting that all starts with caring about them personally and building people to build people. So I look at everybody on my team as a leader. doesn't matter whether they're just a leader of one or they're going to have multiple people one day. They may stay technology their whole time. They may one day be a, a leader of an entire organization but if you start that way, then you realize that everything that you're doing is giving them an opportunity to lead something. So make it make it a place to where they're always learning. So there's that mentoring, there's that teaching, that's training. Make it safe in that organization for people to debate with, even stridently debate, as long as it's fair and kind, because then you get the best ideas. And there's so many times I've gone in places thinking I had the right answer because I used to be tech. They come up with better answers. Why? Because we created this environment or then talk about the ideas. I call it wrestling with the ideas. Sometimes the wrestling is more important than the actual answer itself because you figure out all the other things that won't work. Uh, in that process, then, the challenge is to help people who wouldn't normally speak for themselves to speak, as well as helping them feel comfortable around you, sometimes even challenging your things, uh, challenging your views, but in a respectful way. Because ultimately, yes, you're responsible for the decision, but you want them to know that their successes are their own but the failures, you'll take those on so that you can grow a great organization. Those are amazing best practices. Thank you, Troy. Uh, we look forward to hearing about your ongoing impact. Uh, now, here are some key takeaways and actions from this episode for everyone listening. First, know what your current personal brand is. That may mean interviewing business executives, your peers, and people in your team to learn what their view of you is. Now, sometimes that can be hard, but it's useful. Making a choice about what's important to you and advocate for your values. Be authentic. And importantly, build your empathy and business understanding muscles to be able to relate to others, their objectives, their goals, and how you can best enable their success and the success of the business. And that will mean learning their language potentially and communicating your value and efforts in their terms. It means making everyone around you a hero, a hero in your value story. So thank you, Rita, and thanks to all our guests. Uh, and as always, the D-Suite is a place where you can find out these insights and get inspiration for you to be successful in your own journey from a tech 
to exec. All our analysts are available to discuss any of these topics in more detail, and we will be back next time with another great episode for you. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone.